Street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Doing it live, doing it live. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Street Epistemology call-in show. Uh, welcome, everyone. Hopefully, we get some callers today. If not, we'll just keep chatting with amongst ourselves about SE. So you had something to say, Chucky, or a question. Hello, hello. Oh, I thought we were doing a very ill-orchestrated Mexican wave just then, and, and you let me down. Uh, well, somebody let me down. I, I was following Chucky on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, hot take, Chucky. What was your uh, we're re-entering the hall. Yeah, about SE call-in shows in general, right? Yeah, and they're terrible. We're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out what we should do on the show. One of one of the ideas is to take live SE calls. That's one of the goals: is to have people call in with claims, because I think that in order to understand SE, you need to watch it and see the process, and maybe in a more direct way than the, even the review shows. Right? We're in the middle of doing one. I think that would be fun. So my, my, my counter to that would be, I think there are lots of examples of SE happening, like, and, and probably in a better context, and the, the context of an SE call-in show may be uh, disharmonious to the efficacy of the method. Um, yeah. yeah. I know. I'm wondering if there's a more pretentious way I could have said those words. <laughs> After we have our, uh, our first caller. Oh, oh, cool. love that name. What's up? Hello, hey, welcome. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, loud and clear. So I wanted to call in either one to discuss an article I posted recently that I think Reed read, actually. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, yeah. Okay, sure. either that or I want to make a SE claim. And the SE claim is uh, reincarnation. Oh, excellent. I feel like both of these are great. Reed, do you have the ability to put up the blog post or maybe we'll post a link to it too? So suddenly, it's an embarrassment of riches in terms of content now. This is. Oh, this yeah. Is... I put the link in the chat, or at least I've tried to. Yeah, so here's your claim basically. Here's it, uh, Street epistemology should focus on critical social justice instead of Christianity. Right, right. And, and some people are claiming, you know, Chucky, you had the you know, um, question of like, does SE at this point focus yeah. on Christianity? So my, my immediate. So I have to admit, I did not read the article very carefully, which is, uh, you know, uh, it is what it is. But I feel like there is a premise behind in the title or in the claim that maybe I don't even agree with. I, I feel like I certainly don't seek out people to have religious discussions with. I merely talk about what people want to talk about. Right. That that's that's what that was my immediate response is like, I don't think street epistemology should seek anything out in particular. Um, I think the first question you ask somebody when when you're doing like a street-based interview is like, what claim would you like to explore? Like, do you have a claim? Like, you're not saying, actually, that's that's not entirely true. Because like, Reed, I think you definitely have like a list of claims to prompt people, um, like a board, right, with a few claims to suggest that people can engage with. But do you feel that that's because those are claims, Reed, that you wish to engage with? Or do you feel that that's because it helps prompt people as to what even a claim is and helps give them some context to think about? 
Yeah, sometimes I put a specific like yes, no question, which will immediately get us to a claim. Sometimes I just put like one word, like a topic, and then we can just talk about the topic and then fish around for a claim related to it or mm -hmm. just a broad question that can give me a bunch of topics and then we narrow it down based on one topic. Right. But you, you, one you thing... Oh, my... Sorry, sorry, Will. No, no go ahead. I, I was going to say one thing that I've been doing to, to give a some concrete example is... Um, I tell people to go look at the Reddit called Change My View, um, which if you haven't seen it, you should go check it out because it's basically list after list after list of, of claims that people are making. And um, people, you know, they read 10 of them and, and one of them grabs their eye and they goes, oh, I have a feeling about that. So Parhesia, do you, do you feel, am I pronouncing that right, by the way? Uh, I, hope I, I just am. say Parhesia. Yeah, that's fine. Parhesia. Parhesia. Thank you. Um, do you feel like uh, SE then, do you feel like SE up until this point has been focused on Christianity? And, and like, what, what's, what's, your, what, what's your perspective there? So I think that because it started in the atheist community with a manual for creating atheists, I think there's more of a focus on sort of metaphysical and spiritual beliefs. Uh, and I think most people would probably agree with that. If you look at like maybe Anthony Magnabosco's videos, you'll see most of them are almost, you know, the majority are spiritual claims, interaction with Mormons, Christians, uh, these sorts of things. Yeah, I think that's certainly true. I mean, there's there's certainly um, no shortage of spiritual or religious-based claims in, in street epistemology, but I, I think might that be because uh, religion's been around a little bit longer than sort of modern day narratives around social social justice, for example, um, rather than it, it street epistemology being specifically seeking out religious claims. Uh, I do think that they when um, I think that there is a focus on spiritual claims. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think. Uh, I just think in interactions, typically, I guess Reed does it less so. He has a more wide variety of topics, typically. Anthony Magnabosco usually does sort of seems like spiritual or uh, religious-based beliefs more often. Uh, I think that those beliefs are more prevalent in society. And I think that at the time where street epistemology was getting started, that was a much more common set of beliefs to have than critical social justice is currently. This has been a more recent phenomenon. And so I can see at that time, maybe there was uh, more of a focus on critical social, or there's more of a focus on religion, partially for that reason. Yeah. So how would you, how would you focus SE then? Uh, what, what do you think street epistemologists should do to, to uh, help choose the topics that they're interacting with? So one example could be if, uh, well, one thing to note is like, I'm not opposed to doing uh, SE on religious people uh, or their claims. Um, and I think that I made the case in it that I think there should be a little bit of um, saying, look, I'm going to examine your belief. And if you don't want to change your mind, then you probably shouldn't engage with me, basically. Um, so I think that, and it should be kind of context specific. I gave some examples of when Anthony Magabosco was kind of unwilling to do SE because of somebody's uh, deeply held religious belief. Uh, they said that they would go back to drugs, alcohol, and become suicidal, something like this. And then also another example recently, 
I think on stream, someone was saying that they would become a bad person and they would hurt people. Now, these are extreme circumstances, but like in cases like those, I would say you probably shouldn't engage in SE. Uh, so I think that there should be a pro uh, more of a priority on critical social justice because it's more of an issue. And the way to do that would probably be, um, do you have like, some people will list specific beliefs. Maybe one of them they could list is stuff related to critical social justice advocacy. Like Reed could have those claims on his list of things that you could possibly talk about. Um, what if, yeah. Well, that's this is a little meta, Reed. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like a review inception. Like, yeah, we covered this main this topic just a few days ago on this review yeah. stream where we basically didn't even review the video. We kind of had a conversation about, you know, the ethics, right. where's, where's that line at? I, I um, love this because I think the video was like three minutes and the review was two hours. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think this is bad. You wait until somebody later on makes a reference to this conversation where we have to reference <laughs> the video. <laughs> I, mean, I was, I was yeah, interested, yeah. sorry, just one, one real quick thing. I was interested that you, you refer to doing street epistemology on somebody as opposed to with somebody. And I wondered if there wasn't something in that like use of language because to me, I, I feel like it's it's doing something with somebody, like it's working with somebody as opposed mm -hmm. to like, it's not like a march. Like we were joking in that previous uh, review show that was referenced that Anthony was being billed as like, it was like he was a boxer going up against another heavyweight. And it was this kind of like yeah. fight of the, the the cage match thing. And I think that that's a really unfortunate sort of framing of, of street epistemology. I think it it definitely has to be a collaborative thing. It's not a, it's not a set of predefined moves i think that you can make but yeah i just i just noticed that sorry guys i know you guys wanted to jump i was just gonna say that this does bring up the question of how do you neutrally ask for claims or do we neutrally ask for claims because i do think right. that you can see how some content is kind of skewed towards spirituality and and you know reed is clearly choosing some topics on the board i mean you always keep it open to whatever they want um, and it is really challenging when you're asking someone, and I've tried this on the street, so to speak, of, you know, I just want to talk about anything that's on your mind, you know, and and it seems so vague. I bet you don't. That people <laughs> Im they immediately ask for examples, right? And so then now you're kind of injecting your ideas in. And so how how do you avoid that or should we avoid it? I don't know. I would agree. It's something we should work on, though, because I, I, I find myself falling into the trap of like, what, what what kind of things? And it's like, oh, you know, religion, spirituality, flat earth, you know, the, and then and, and then you've framed it. You've already you've already fallen into that trap. So I, I think it's a really good question. Is this the is this the board you have out? Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, here's the last time I went out live, like last month or so. You know, I've got the war, you know, war with Ukraine. Yeah. Biggest problem. No one is talking about which cultural norms should like must be conserved and does anything supernatural exist giving it classic as there. So uh, that's right under a thing that says today's topic. So would you, would you not be, you would be prepared. I, I'm I assume to talk about other things, but you've not necessarily made that or anything else. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Got to have that at the bottom too. Yeah, totally. That's interesting. I'm I'm alarmed at your ability to pull up relevant video footage at a moment's notice. This is quite uncanny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so why why do you feel like uh, Parhesia? So why do you feel like uh, critical race theory is is perhaps more important than talking about religious narratives today? Great question. Um, 
So I guess I could give an example. So if, if there's a like widely held belief that zebras didn't exist in society or something like this, this would be pretty absurd. And you could probably easily get someone to stop believing that you could just take them to a zoo or show them a zebra. Um, and, but I don't think that would be actually particularly important to society for people to believe that zebras exist. Whereas there are some beliefs that are more harmful than others. So I think a good example would be like widespread vaccine hesitancy would be a major issue. Um, so if you had someone that sat down in your chair who would uh, maybe have pre-existing conditions, it would be a better use of your time to convince them uh, to not be vaccine hesitant than to convince them that zebras are real, although it would be much easier to convince them that zebras are real. So, so I'd, I, like to, yeah, I'd like to push back on this, and I guess either with SE or not with SE, but I'm, I'm tempted just to, sure. maybe, maybe I'll push back without SE and then somebody else can uh, SE you on the claim that you wanted to talk about. Sure. Um, but I, so here's the thing, the, the way that I see it, if there's a widespread belief in society that zebras don't exist, there's probably reasons that anti-zebrists use to justify their, right, you know, their conspiracy theory or, or their, their idea that zebras are a myth. These, these lines of reasoning get spread and talked about. Videos are made, you know, uh, big, big alphabet needs an animal for Z. And so, uh, you know, they, they invented the zebra. But these things aren't only about zebras, right? These, these lines of reasoning, these ways of looking at evidence, um, these things apply to everything. And so I, I, as a personal example, when I stopped believing in religion, almost immediately, I also stopped believing in ghosts and alien abductions and the Loch Ness Monster, and it just all fell away. Um, so I, I think these things really go together. And for a lot of people, religion is like the most important belief that they have. But that's obviously not an SE kind of argument against your point. That's just an argument. No, I think, I think that's great. Cause like, to me, again, it's like refocusing on epistemology. It really doesn't matter what the claim is. And, and, and I know people in the community are almost exploring the idea of trying to not even find out what the claim is yet still explore the epistemology. Mm -hmm. I'm not. 100% convinced about that but if we can be made to work I think that would be great because like yeah what we're trying to do is attack you know get people to notice that their epistemology is not great and if their epistemology is not great on the zebra issue it's probably also not great on a whole bunch of other issues um and I and I think that in some ways the claim isn't really that important to the to the attention that they're paying to their critical thinking skills mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of people who were doing just thought experiments about what would it take for you to believe that I had a Ferrari? We, we were talking about this last week. Um, and I think getting away from the idea of claims, claims at all is what Will was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I see Digital Gnosis in the chat, and he had a really interesting conversation with this, um, this guy, Gregory Dawes. And they made this interesting claim. It's really, we're not talking so much when we're talking about religious individual claims, we're talking about really when. Webs of belief. Uh, here's the where they're talking about that. He's right that we're not just comparing individual claims. We're comparing networks of claims on each side, which are linked with one another. 
it's a bit like you know Quine's point about a web of belief. In each case, you've got webs of belief, and therefore arguments which attack individual beliefs without taking into account the fact that they're connected with other beliefs within a, a network are not going to get you very far. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hey. Oh, we're hearing a bit of feedback. Yeah. No, I'm just listening. You, uh, sorry, Lisa. Add some headphones, Lisa, and then we'll get back to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, like I think we, mm -hmm. sorry, sorry, Don. I was just going to comment that it sounds like I'm hearing like an un unstated assumption that these ideas of critical race theory, or well, I actually didn't say that critical. What was yeah, the term you use? Critical social. social justice, I think. Was okay, critical social justice. That that web of ideas, as well as spiritual ideas, both have poor underlying epistemology. And I, I feel like I'm hearing that assumption, which may be justified, um, but it's something that I think the point is to explore with SE, right? And so, um, yeah, these these worldviews, that is what we're trying to explore. So how do we decide what should we explore? Well, maybe it should be just foundational worldviews in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, do we explore the... I don't know what you would call it, the materialistic worldview. Should we explore that just as thoroughly? Naturalism, maybe. Right. That album. <laughs> um, so I think kind of the argument that's being made is if we kind of can critic, if we can critically analyze a certain part of the web of beliefs, we can kind of uh, give them sort of better critical thinking skills that they can apply across. Uh, all domains of their life, improving their, you know, reasonably, generally speaking. So like in your example, you were a Christian, but you also had beliefs about ghosts and things like that. And by learning why Christianity is wrong, this helps you to understand why other beliefs about uh, were wrong as well. Right. I think that there is, there would be some transfer. Um, and so one thing is you're probably not, you should... I, I'm not opposed to doing it on religious uh, people. And I think that it's necessary uh, to do that. So I don't have a problem with that. And I think there's probably some transfer of critical thinking if you're able to do that. I don't know how much occurs in maybe a one hour street epistemology session. Um, I do think that sometimes maybe there isn't as much transfer. Some people struggle to have like critical thinking skills. And if you don't, uh, if you successfully convince them of one belief, that's not true. So like something interesting that I think is that I find a lot of people who are not Christians or they think those beliefs are silly, but they also believe things like astrology, crystal healing, yeah. um, other sort of strange metaphysical karma. Um, what's the secret, uh, like sort of the law of right, attraction, yeah. these sorts of things. Yeah. So they go, they were in a, I think that people like that in a society where they are not Christian, they'll end up having another sort of belief uh, related. I, I think you're totally right. And, and I think any beliefs that are held without good justification should be challenged. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm eager to talk to an atheist who believes because he's angry, for example, right? Anger maybe isn't the best reason to doubt God. 
<laughs> I definitely, especially when people people make the claim that there certainly is no God. For example, that's a claim that you know that can be challenged and asserted, just like every every other. Right. One, one thing I think that's important to think about is like, and and it is is what is the objective of a single street epistemology conversation, right? I, I don't think anybody would say that the objective of the single conversation is to uh, you know change somebody's mind in that moment, even if that the view. Is held for bad reasons, right? It, it essentially street epistemology just hopefully encourages somebody to notice there's this different path that they might want to think about wandering down, right? But it's not yeah. going to grab them by the hand and, and show them the way, right? And I think um, I think through subsequent conversations, if you do, and and that's you know not always available as an option, right? But if you can have subsequent conversations, you can build rapport and a relationship, and you can sort of keep talking to that person. I think then you can. And you perhaps have a, more of an active role in changing their the, the framework and the intuitions that they hold for their beliefs. But but I think a single street epistemology conversation is just helping them notice there might be a problem, right? That's the whole objective. And, and if they've noticed that there's a problem, what they then do with that information, you know, it, it's it's beyond the scope of a single conversation to, to, to address, right? And we certainly don't want to be injecting our own answers to what they should do. Um, as a result of them yeah. noticing that, right? We, we want them to discover it themselves. And that's kind of partly why SE, I think, can be very effective is because it's not you just saying, hey, you're, the way you're thinking about this is wrong <laughs> and, you, you, and, and you need to change your view. It's, it's you saying, hey, have you thought about this? And then they notice, actually, that doesn't make any sense, does it? And, and when they're doing that noticing, that, that it's, it's much more effective. So, yeah, I think the objective is, is definitely important here. I, uh, I wish Reed was still here because he could pull up a video clip in, in three seconds. But there, there's this guy, Tyrone Wells, who has a, a channel called Let's Chat. I think that's what it's called. And he does this thing sometimes where he'll actually talk to people about their belief that Marvel is better than CAC. I don't know. What, who's DC. the competitor to Marvel? DC. DC. Yeah, yeah, DC. Oh, now everybody yeah. hates you. <laughs> 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 yeah, so... At first, when I saw this, I was like, what a waste. What how stupid to talk about this. Like, he's missing an opportunity to talk to someone about, you know, treating each other poorly in, in the world. But but what I realized is that what he's actually doing is taking someone who isn't at that point. They're not at the point where they're ready to sit down and talk about the rights of black people or something like that. But to slow down and have a conversation where you talk about what are what are some objective things we could look at how could we convince someone who disagreed with us these are these are important tools for Sometimes, even just introducing the idea of objectivity sorry to stand right. back, but, yeah, but even yeah. that sometimes is like I mean, how many times do we get bogged down in conversations with somebody really just failing to understand the difference between an objective and a subjective experience, right? Or, or yeah. knowledge that's objectively or subjectively true. Um, it, it seems like even sometimes introducing that concept alone it might be enough of a pebble in the shoe. I mean, you think about how much you can really convey to somebody who's not really sure about the difference between those ideas in one conversation. Um, I think some, you know, just as a starting them down the path, just introduce that idea. I think that's, um, yeah, that's pretty powerful. I put a link to his channel in the chat. One of the issues I think I would have with the Marvel, what was it, Marvel versus DC, is yeah. it would be kind of so you'd be trying to teach people how to use good uh, 
reasoning or how to evaluate evidence on a totally subjective thing, which I think may be an error. Because if I said, mm -hmm. let's compare the color of red and blue, and let's determine what's good evidence for why one color is better than another color, but there is no correct answer to which is better. And so all your wow. evidence is not going to be, you're not going to have confirming or disconfirming evidence. You're not going to have good uh, methodologies, I suppose. Or you could I, have, yeah. I would love to ask you some SE questions about, about what I'm hearing you say. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So cor correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But one of the things that I picked up, one of the things that I heard is that for a lot of these things, these things like social justice and, and um, all these things, that there are correct answers. Is that what you're saying? Yes. How, how confident are you that, that there are objective answers to, let's say, questions about police or things like that? Uh, 97%. Okay. What's, what's getting you to... To, what makes you so confident that there are like objectively correct answers? So um, I believe that there are objectively true things and I also believe in objective morality. And so if a claim is coherent, then I think that you can say it's true or false. And I think that in the area of critical social justice, they make claims which can be evaluated as true or false. Okay. So just to make sure we're on the same page, do you think that everyone thinks that, um, let's start really high level. Do you think everyone believes in objective morality? No, of course, no, no. So, so what do you think these people who would disagree, what do you think their arguments are? I think that their arguments would be something like, we don't have a, uh, morality only applies to individuals. There's no moral reality out there. It's totally dependent on the individual's opinions in the same sense that like something being aesthetically beautiful is on the basis of someone's opinions. Yeah. And that, that doesn't hold any weight for you. Is that what I'm hearing? It somewhat makes sense, but I'm, I'm a moral objectivist. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's correct okay. reasoning. I can understand why people believe that though. So what can you give me like some of the things that get you up to this? You said 97% if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what are your best reasons or maybe your good reasons? For uh, which specifically? For like though? what gets you up to 97% that there are objective, that there's an objective set of morals, for example. Oh, okay. Um, so I believe in the, position called ethical intuitionism. I believe that if something seems wrong, that's at least somewhat good evidence to think that it is in fact wrong. And I think the best argument for that is just through analogy. Everything that I believe depends on my senses, my hearing, my sight, my intuitive reasoning and so forth. Things seem true to me. And that is at least some reason to think it's true. If I deny that something seeming true to me is a good reason to think it's true, then I have to go to, I end up with other world skepticism or some sort of infinite regress. So I think that there's a foundation for empirical knowledge. And I think similarly, uh, for that reason, I think that there is good reason 
that we can use this tool, intuition or perception to also apprehend moral truths as well. Whereas since it works for reality, it should work for moral reality as well. Okay, uh, that's, a, that's a mouthful. Let me try to say that back to make sure. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanna make sure I understand. So I think what you said was, <clears throat> because you, now correct me if I'm wrong, but because you think that there is an objective reality and that we can find evidence to figure out maybe which claims about reality are, are true and which claims aren't true, that therefore this must also apply to morals? Is that what I heard you say? Um, or did I, I miss that, something? You're, you're okay. I think that uh, intuition and perception, so if it seems to me that X, that's at least some good reason to think X is true, a general perception, works with physical reality and also works with moral reality. So the fact that it works with physical reality is a reason to think it would also work with moral reality. Okay, okay. Do you think it's possible that, that these things could be separate? I mean, I guess you think there's a 3% chance. Oh, so, well, for the claim of moral realism, maybe I'd put it at 85% confident. Okay, so a little bit less confident that, that the idea that there's a moral, that there's objective morals, is that right? Yeah, I'll say that, yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. So because there is an objective reality, if we agree that there is an objective reality and we can use evidence to get to objective conclusions, the moral world is probably similar. And so therefore we could get to objectively conclusions about morality. It is, yeah. okay, okay. So there's, there seems to be sort of a, a leap there where I'm not sure I understand why is it likely that morality works the same way as um, the stuff around us? Um, why does it work the same way? Right. It seems like you have an implicit assumption that morality must work the same as reality. And, I, and I'm sort of not quite following. Um, I would say I don't see a strong reason why it should not work similarly. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But I also heard you admit earlier that you don't think everybody believes this. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Okay, so what, what are some things we could do to figure out if this were the case? Like, are there things that could make you more than 85% confident? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Can you maybe imagine uh, some? So it it would be it would be exposure to an argument that is convincing that I have not been exposed to previously because it doesn't rely on this argument doesn't rely on empirical evidence. It is kind of like relies on philosophical reasoning. Yeah. So could I, could I ask you? Uh, yeah, please. A claim. Okay. Um, do you think it's <laughs> Immoral to torture babies? 
So it's it's funny because even pausing to answer this is <laughs> is itself funny. Yeah. Um, I think usually it's immoral to torture babies. I can also imagine scenarios where it could be the moral right thing to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, for example, yeah. if they were a terrorist who said, either you torture this baby or I will blow up Washington, D.C. Yeah. And, and I would go, oh, I really don't want to torture this baby. But if, if, you, if you're going to make me, you know, I think that that's the moral choice. Yeah. So, well, generally speaking, why do you think torturing babies is immoral? So for me, I would say it just seems obvious, right? Mm. Like what would your just right? And be? I and I heard I heard you say that earlier, right? Where you said mm -hmm. some things seem true, they feel true, and mm -hmm. that's maybe some some evidence that it's true. Yeah, exactly. I think I think I see where you're going, but I I wonder about the the diversity of experience. I mean, there's certainly people who we call sociopaths, for example, who don't have the same, let's say, moral principles that come to mind immediately. And I'm like, what makes them wrong and us right? So I think I would again go with something like an analogy, right? So there are people that have visual and auditory hallucinations. What makes them wrong and us right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you and I could talk about, for example, experiments. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm sort of looking for that same thing here. Like, <clears throat> let's take somebody who's not hallucinating, but is sociopathic. They don't have, let's say, this. I know sociopathic is a, is a loaded term, and I'm not a psychologist, but someone who doesn't feel empathy, let's say. And they're not hallucinating. They just don't feel empathy towards other people. Mm -hmm. How could we figure out whether they're, because I hear you making the claim that they're wrong about morality. How could, I, how could we figure out that they were wrong? What experiments could we do? Um, yeah, so I think you're, <laughs> you're kind of looking for an empirical experiment for uh, a sort of philosophical argument. Well, yeah. I mean, do you yeah. think, do you, how do you feel about empiricism versus, right, logic? Do, do you feel like one is stronger than the other or that they're both equivalent? I don't know if I would say equivalent, but there are truths about reality that we can figure out through our sense perception and through our uh, reasonings. And then there are truths about the world that we can figure out through reasoning. So... Uh, like, yeah, can, can yeah, I, right. I know you, you're going to go somewhere with this, but can I ask you a question to sort of maybe go in real, go in real sharp here. Sure. Let's say you had a belief where <clears throat> you believed it based on a logical argument mm -hmm. and someone came to you with empirical evidence that disconfirmed that belief. So now you have conflicting reasons, right? You've got logic that gets you to the belief and empirical evidence that goes away from the belief. Which, which would you favor? Uh, I would update 
like I would update my prior on the basis of how probable I think the evidence is of being true. And I would reach a, I would become to, I would weigh the evidence through different ways of what I think is reasonable okay. to reach a posterior probability. So I might not totally discount my prior, okay. but I'll use the empirical evidence to incorporate into my thinking. Even uh, though the logic is logic, it's deduction, it's rational, it's yeah. mathematical. Is that right? Sometimes there's some logical reasoning that comes with there is always X. And I think maybe what you're getting at is, or there, there exists. Imagine I deduced there's no such thing as a black swan. And then you show me right. a black swan. Right. I think right. you want me to say my logic is wrong, which I would totally concede. But most okay. logical reasoning is like probabilistic. For this and this and this reason, I think it's more probable that X. Okay. And if you present me with evidence, I'll reduce my probability, but I won't totally throw away my prior belief okay. unless it's absolutes. If it's absolutes, I'll throw away my prior belief. Okay. So I think, I think you know, this is a call-in show. I don't want to take yeah, everybody yeah, else's time. Yeah. But I, I, I guess to, to step out of SE for a bit and make, a, make an observation... I think I heard you say that there isn't necessarily an experiment we could do to find out whether or not the person who lacks empathy is, is right. Mm -hmm. And then my, I guess my question, my non SE question for you, just because we're friends now, we, so I can ask you some non SE questions. Sure. Like my question is, can we really be so confident as 85% of something if there's no way to disconfirm it experimentally? Yeah, so I, I think that there are like empirical truths and then there are truths about logic in the world and that there are some things that we probably um, could not like experiment on the world to discover is true. And one would be like, if you see a drowning child in a pond, should you rescue it? I think you should. You could say, well, can you find me an empirical experiment to determine whether or not you should rescue the drowning child? I think we well, don't have that. Yeah. Let me give you a hypothetical experiment. Okay, sure. <laughs> we're not we're not going to do this experiment because doing this experiment would almost definitely be immoral. But <laughs> how did I you think, come to that conclusion? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But the hypothetical experiment would be we could try where we we legalize or not legalize, but we actually force legally people to not save drowning children. Okay. Right? Let's just enact that law. And let's see whether society gets worse or better. Let's see. Let's pick an objective criteria. The self-purported happiness of people. The, um, I, I don't know, whatever objective criteria you would like to optimize for, right? I would say happiness is part of that. And see whether it gets better or worse. My prediction is that it would probably get worse. Like, not to, not not just all of the people whose babies have drowned, but like living in a society where that's condoned goes against our instincts. And I, I think, I don't even think we need to talk about it. There's a lot of reasons why I think society would go for the worse if we mm -hmm. stop saving drowning children. And so I, I really feel like there is empirical evidence that could be gathered about that. So I think you... You want to test if I can determine if evaluative statements are true or false. So moral judgments, good or bad, are true or false. 
And uh, I say you can't really without an empirical experiment. And then I think you provided an, an empirical experiment in which the criteria is now judging society on the basis of good or bad, if that makes sense. You've pushed the problem further. It, it seems to me that such an experiment would yield empirical evidence as mm -hmm. to whether or not it's good or bad to drown babies. So like if I say- So, so first, yeah. are we on the same page? Like, do you think that that would show something? Um, I, I think that you, you've moved it from an individual to society, but we're still using moral judgments, good and bad. Yeah. Well, I, was, I, was, I guess I was hoping we could talk about what it means to be good or bad, like the, the operational definition. I, maybe I misunderstood your claim, but I thought your claim was something like it is good for society. But maybe I'm hearing you say now what you really mean is it's good for an individual. I don't want to take everyone's time. How about we have a SC session sometime? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Okay. Uh, this was a pleasure. Uh, Thank you all for having me on very much. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to see that as a cop out. I just don't want to take everyone's time and I have to go soon. So. Yeah. Can, can we bring everybody else back in? If, if, uh... Of course. Yeah. 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 No, we're back. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for doing that. I, I hope, uh, I hope it wasn't uncomfortable. No, 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 this no, no. Great. I love it. And, and, and brilliantly, you've given us the next uh, claim that we can explore, which is checking the confidence that you are now friends. So we can so, put this claim on that. <laughs> so people, people watching may have seen us smiling at strange times, and it's because in the chat they've been saying things about a manual for torturing babies. And <laughs> <laughs> you've got no evidence. That, no. that was, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah great, thanks, great thanks for doing that. Uh, could I call in maybe next week or the week after we could have that conversation? Anytime. Yeah. All right. Have a great day, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. Take Thanks care. Thanks. Thank you. All right. We have in the wings. Or do you want to give any feedback to Chucky before we bring Lisa in? Yeah, oh, please. please. Quick, quick question, Chucky. What was the claim? I think, I think the claim, <laughs> the claim that we wound up with was, um, there are objective moral truths. Now he can correct me if he thinks that actually we were talking about something else. Then I'm I've made a huge mistake. But I believe that that was the claim. There are objective moral truths. Yeah, that that, that was basically would be my feedback. Is I, I felt like the claim was really wild at the beginning, um, and it and I think you guys leapt into it before you'd really nailed it down. And then we were talking about like a belief, a worldview that was really a set of claims. And like for a moment, I wasn't sure whether we were exploring the existence of this worldview or what those claims were. The other thing I thought was like there was a word that was so important, I think, to the nature. That's <laughs> so important. He's just a meme king now. What's I know. He's, he's um, got these clips on uh, speed dial. So th there was a word that was really important to the nature of the whole conversation that was never really clearly defined, which was morality. What is a moral statement? What what is oh, what yeah. is morality? And I felt like, whilst it's really easy to assume you guys are on the same page about what that is, sometimes sometimes you're not, and sometimes just defining it helps bring attention to what it means that what the thing you're talking about actually is. So yeah, that that was. Uh, I, think, I think you're right. I I would also push back on even that. My, my experience has been that sometimes 
for certain people, I'm not saying that, um, uh, crap, what's his name? Par Parisian? Parisia? I'm not Parisia. saying that Parisia. Par sorry, how do you say it? Parisia. Parisia. Mr. P. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that, that, that he is this way, but I, I think some people get frustrated when you talk too much about definitions. And, and I think there's sure. a charitable thing you can do where you don't talk about the definitions until it, you realize that there's a problem. So one, one of the ways you can address that is by saying, like, I, I want to use your definitions. Like, I, I just want to make sure I'm using sure, definition sure. Your, I, yeah. I feel that way it's not confrontational. And I, um, I guess I'm just thinking, like, whenever, if I'm talking to my family, for example, like my father in particular has this thing where he he just stops <laughs> as soon as I say, "What do you mean about what do you mean by morality?" My father, my father goes, "What is wrong with you?" Okay, we've got a cat. I'm sorry, but that was that was just the cat was moving, and I there's, I know that me and everybody else was just staring at the cat. So that's, fine, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. He's he's a beautiful beast. Look yes. at that. That's a they're just roaring up at this point now. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think there's there's give and take, right? Like, I don't I don't like to get into a semantics discussion unless it becomes clear that the semantics is the problem. Personally, that's just my. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I've definitely been entrenched in those places. But I've also had a conversation that's gone on long enough um, without sure. clarifying it, and then clarified it right at the end, and really wished I had, even though it was so obvious, and we definitely should have yeah. been on the page, same page. All right, hi, Lisa. Yeah, painful. Hello. Hi, welcome. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if this is the right way to call in. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, this is it. It's All a right, virtual I've... call in. <laughs> yeah, so I have a question for all of you guys. Um, I just got back from, we did, had our SE meeting here in Salt Lake today, and we were talking about some stuff. And I was wondering what you guys thought about using SE for like helping people make personal decisions in their life. Like, I don't, maybe it's been done and I just haven't seen it. But like, I, it just kind of crossed my mind and the other people are even newer than I am. So they, they weren't sure, but like, I've been trying to decide for myself, like, should I go back to college and finish up my degree weighing the pros and cons? And I was wondering if it, that kind of thing would be useful. Like if I make the claim, I should go back to college. Yeah. Oh, I, I love this kind yeah. of thing. We were talking a bit about this last week, but I, I feel mm -hmm. like street epistemology should be used on friends and family if they, if they you know, they're going, I, I don't know whether to go back to college. And it's really hard to do it on yourself, but if you can get yeah. a friend to, to go through the process and say, well, what do you think might be, what do you think might happen if you go back to college? Mm -hmm. Right, and start and start something like that. It can help take right. the emotionality out of a, of a claim. I mean, I think I think when when there is real things at stake, and there's also, you know, things like concern, fear, trepidation, nervousness, anxiety. You know, when those things are at stake, we inherently tend to make irrational decisions. We we allow those right. sort of feelings to drive the conversation, and it's not to negate those feelings, but to recognize 
are those feelings responding to anything meaningful? You know, is there a genuine threat? Do we really know that there's something scary about this? Or do we really know that there's something gonna, that's going to be awkward or uncomfortable about this experience? What do we know is going to be the outcome? What do we, and it, and then here's, the, here's a great question as well. Is there anything that we can do to find out more to help us answer mm -hmm, these questions, mm -hmm, right? Like yeah. quite a lot of the time, the, the effort of, of anxiety, <laughs> anxiously sort of contemplating a difficult decision consumes all of your present energy but you rarely do something to alleviate it, do something constructive to alleviate it. When you know, right. looking back, like if it was somebody else saying this to you, if somebody else was sat there and saying, I'm anxious, you'd say, well, why don't you read up on the course? Why, why didn't you just write, send them an email or something? Like, why didn't you do something right. positively? But of course, we don't when we're feeling the anxious, in the anxious mood, if it's us, we, none of these thoughts get in because we're too busy dealing with the emotionality of the things. Yeah. And, and I've talked to other people, and some people will just go right to their opinion. Yes, you absolutely right, you know, go right. do this, or like, nah, you're you're too old. Like, forget it. Like, right? Isn't yeah. isn't it horrible to go to someone for to to talk out a problem you're having, and for them to immediately say, "This is the solution." Yeah. yeah horrible. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. how do you know it's a solution for me? Hey, the one thing I know for sure is you put less thought into that than I have. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm right, right. I feel like I'm like right around the 50 50 mark. I could go either way. And I don't, I don't know. Like, and Would, I, is I this something that you'd like to talk with somebody else about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so what I've I was already done. I've already like, done like one. A claim do you guys to want explore. to explore? Sure. I, I think Diamond should do this one. Diamond. I'd be happy to. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm curious first, like, did you, did you already? do an SE session like this earlier today? No. On this claim? Oh, you haven't yet. No, cool. I haven't. No. Okay, awesome. Yeah, let's dive in. And this was something like doing SE on this sort of claim uh, was discussed a couple months back on the Discord server and, and people were talking about creating like a whole survey on that kind of thing as well. Um, so mm -hmm. it makes total sense. But um, I guess the the first thing we can talk about is just, yes, my cat is the it first is, thing I want to talk about. Because, thank you. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so just to establish the claim, you said uh, you should go back to college. Is that the claim? I'm putting it in a positive form, a positive statement. So it's easy sure. to break apart, right? So the yeah, yeah. claim, I, I should go back to college. This is why it's great doing SE with someone who's experienced in SE because you already know what makes this easier, right? Is put it in into a positive claim. That's great. Yeah, um, well, I'm still so you learning. Know, <laughs> but, yeah. You know what my next question will be is what your confidence is, right? 50. On any 50%, okay. One to a hundred. Gotcha. And 50. I guess I'll also ask on that same scale, what would a one mean and what would a hundred mean? Uh, okay, one would be absolutely no don't do it. A hundred would okay. be, you, you should do nothing else, but go back to college. Gotcha. So 50 so, means you're kind of undecided either way. I could you're go totally either way. unsure. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so what, what brings you to that either way? Is it, uh, you got a lot of reasons both ways. Yeah. What brings me to the 50, I would say it's, um, I got my associate's degree a couple of years ago. So I just finished it up. And hmm. so I have this entry level job with an associate's degree and I'm almost 50 years old. So like I could go to the next level if I have a bachelor's 
in the field that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So there would be some payoff to doing that, but also it's really hard and it takes a lot of time. And, uh, it took me like 10 years to get my associate. So I'm not, well, I was raising kids and doing other things at the same time, but so now they're older, but so I'm, I'm just waffling back and forth, but the 10 years that I took to get the damn associates was so stressful. I don't know if I'm ready to just dive back in there and start. Right. I don't know. That's why I'm waffling so much. So the, the next level you're thinking of is the bachelor's level. And mm -hmm. how long do you think that'll take roughly? Uh, two years, probably. Okay. If I, so if I do it full time. Years. Yeah. Maybe. Right. I haven't okay. really looked into it. Yeah. So, and the benefit from that would be primarily financial, it sounds like, and, and going up a level yeah. in your career. And it would give me more options, career options. Gotcha. And then so. the downsides that was making you hesitant, um, it was just the difficulty of it, the challenge, so to speak. Um, Stress levels. And, I, and part of it's like, uh, my kids are older now, so I don't have that as much of a factor, but I had a lot of guilt, like saying, I can't do anything this weekend with you guys. Cause I got to study or write a paper or whatever. And I, so that's less of a factor now, but still like all the time, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't come easy to me. I put a lot of time and effort into it just cause I want to do well. Right. So it'd be a bachelor's in biology is what I would go for probably. Cool. Although I'd, re awesome. I'd probably rather do psychology, but mm -hmm. I want to do both. Yeah, I guess that, that's that's also a question so, of like, even if you did go back to college, like which track would you do? Like that's al already a separate question, right? Right. Of, of like which major or anything. But, but what would the alternatives be if you didn't go back to college? Keep doing what I'm doing, uh, which I like my job. I work at a medical lab. I really like it and I have seven days on seven days off. So it gives me a lot of time to do other things, which I love. So if I do school, I would not have that, mm -hmm. but I'd have like school vacations, I suppose. So it would be a different schedule. Uh, what was the question? I don't know. I was rambling. Yeah. Just like what the alternatives would look like. Oh. Um, if you didn't go back to college, like what would, yeah. what would life look like? otherwise probably just keep doing what i'm doing and be okay with that and just accept it and mm. not ever have my bachelor's which i don't know if i'm okay with that just to have that piece of paper is kind of means something but does it really i don't does it matter at the end of the day right maybe there's yeah. something else i'd rather do yeah, what that I haven't that thought of, of yet. What does that piece of paper mean to you? Like, what does yeah. the bachelor's mean? And I could go up to the next level, but what if I hate the next level? I don't know. Mm. There's no guarantees. So I spend two years sacrificing time, money, and energy, and and then still, I end up not liking what I'm doing. And that now I'm 52 instead of right. like I don't know. That's why I'm. How do you think you could forth. find out? Is there any way of like testing it without actually doing it? <laughs> is there yeah. a good way of 
examining the outcomes of of going back to college without committing like how could you investigate I that i don't know that how could i investigate I could put more time into like trying to figure out other options. Like if I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing, see what else is out there maybe. But I feel like I've done that the right. last year or so that I've been doing this job that I'm in. Gotcha. So, so it, and, and it does sound like you have like a little bit of dissatisfaction in the current state. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, it just doesn't pay much. So I'm right. Like, I would like to be able to buy a house and do normal people yeah. things. Gotcha. Be in a more financially and, stable position. And so, if you do get a bachelor's, like, it sounds like there's an assumption there that you will get a better paying job yeah. um, compared to if you did something else to elevate your income. Um, I'm trying to think of what other alternatives, right. like maybe some other, you maybe do a career change that might lead to better pay different industry or, or a different field altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Like an mm -hmm. apprenticeship in something else perhaps. Um, or maybe yeah. you just blow up on YouTube with your new channel. <laughs> uh, that would Chances be cool. are great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not doing that for the money. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, okay. So yeah, it is pr know. primarily though the, uh, well, I guess I, I think I heard two reasons because you, you mentioned the financial improvement and then you mm -hmm. also mentioned the value of just the bachelor's that, that paper, right. That, that signifies something. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to explore just a little more on that side of things. What like, well, yeah. or, I'm bad sometimes about having short questions, so I apologize. <laughs> but um, maybe I should just, between those two, how do you weigh those in your reasoning? Like the the value of just having oh. the bachelors versus the financial side, like what what levels would you what, break those Which up? one has more weight? Maybe, yeah, or yeah, exactly. On the scale? Yeah. Um, I think it's right now, probably the financial side. Cause I've kind of like when I, after I got my associates, I'm like, I'm done with college, like forever. I'm never going back. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm. Cause you remember what it was to. like. <laughs> it's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Too, too time consuming. Um, so I don't know, but I would say it's a financial aspect at this point. Because I, okay. I do look Maybe at the, the job listings and the minimum requirements, bachelor's degree and lab right. experience. And now that I have the lab experience, I've been there for over a year mm -hmm. that I could apply, but I don't qualify. So mm. and it's probably a at least a 50 percent pay jump. So it's right. It wow, would be significant. significant. Yeah, sure. So. OK, I don't know. <laughs> But even just talking about it now like this helps me clarify it in my mind. So cool. Good. Even yeah. If so I still mm -hmm. don't know what to do. Like just saying it out loud helps me. So I appreciate this.
Yeah, no problem. Glad to chat about it. Um, so maybe uh, you haven't shifted necessarily either way, but you, you can clarify the reasons for or against going back to college. Um, I think that I think I've shifted mm -hmm. on a little more towards the side of not going and exploring cool. other options mm -hmm. be before I decide at least right. just to see what else there is that yeah. might come yeah, up. I mean, there's, there's a lot out there for sure. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I really don't want to give up doing SE or my SE group right. or um, yeah. spending time with my sisters and my family and that. Mm -hmm. So if I have to sacrifice that, I don't think it'd be worth it. Like the, the, piece of paper is less important to me, mm. I think. Yeah, so. cool. All right, yeah. well, we can we can pause there and, and bring people back. Yeah, that's Thank a good, you, good spot Lisa, to I appreciate the chat. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was Thank great. Thank you so much. That was really good. Yeah, um, I like that. What did I miss in terms of questions that, that you all would have liked to hear? Doug had an interesting question or like way to test the potential claim, take the percent increase in possible mm. pay from having a degree, less costs and see how many years it takes to break even. It's maybe that sounds like math. math. <laughs> <laughs> from the finance guy. I think yeah. that was a really interesting place in the conversation when it became the motivation. It initially felt like the motivation was about the, the value of that piece of paper to you emotionally. And then mm -hmm. Then there was a real big sudden shift in the conversation when you you said you you it felt like the the, the reason for the paper was to attain a higher salary and, and to change careers yeah. um that was just a and, and that's what i love about se because there are all kinds of assumptions you we could have made about your motivations at the very beginning but because of the questions and the way we kind of got there it really did uncover this underlying motive that might have otherwise lay hidden in that um which was yeah. quite huge yeah, in yeah. Terms of sometimes all you need to do is talk about around a belief, talk about the things right. involved in a belief. And I feel like people come away understanding the belief. <laughs> yeah, I like Pine Creek's comment there. Don't encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> Pro bono, though. <laughs> um yeah that was i diamond i always like your conversation style you're just such yeah, very a conversational um, yeah very conversational very friendly but also like you're asking really good open questions i hate you because you're just much better at this <laughs> um but it's it's really nice to hear um yeah it was very friendly there was like it was like instant rapport as well that was like very calm personality sort of in sort of generates this instant rapport i think and uh that was really nice i think one of the things that's difficult um, when exploring, and this could occur to me, um, was if you're exploring a, a claim like this about sort of a personal issue, a, a decision that needs to be made, it can get very personal very quickly. And that could be something that's uncomfortable for both the street epistemologist and the, you know, because our, like, our lives are big, messy balls of mud, right? And we have to try to figure out all of these things and tied in there is everything that we consider important and, and valuable about ourselves and, and things that we normally deeply try to protect. So, Maybe maybe when exploring these kinds of claims, we need some additional caveats, maybe, or just some clarity about, hey, if I ask you a question that's not, you know, that you're not comfortable answering, maybe just, you know, you don't feel free not to say that's not relevant, or I don't want to talk about that. Like, that's fine. And 
I guess be aware as the as a, as a street epistemologist if you're in that territory that you know you don't know what you're going to uncover. Um, skeletons in the closet. I, <laughs> can I say something on that? Mm. I found it's really kind of a lot like doing therapy a little bit because <laughs> it does bring up these deep seated emotions and it can get really down to the core and make you question who am right. I and right. what am I doing here? So, and, like that, and that's what I love about it too. The a best question to that is, a, is a live stream on the internet. Don't even think about appropriate <laughs> place. To do yeah. That. <laughs> I'm going to start streaming my therapy sessions. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Because a question about, should I go back to college really turned into a question about what are your values? Right. Values. Yeah. 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 What are your values? Deep Values. Yeah. Do you value money or prestige <laughs> more? And like that, you know, it's right. such a yeah. And there's there's an option those things as well, right? There there are things that we might feel about those things, but also are things that we might be comfortable saying about those things, right? So some people, and, and I'm not saying this is what was happening with you, Lisa, but I guess in the context of like these kinds of conversations. You know, people may feel like money is their main motivator, but absolutely not want mm -hmm. to say that because it will make them seem, you know, like uh, materialistic. For example, they might they, they might value, um, you know, adoration and so, in fact, we all value money, adoration, popularity. So you know, all those things. But we also don't. We also know that we you're, you're not supposed to say those things. Um, you, know, you should see Reed's hair before he does a live stream. It's it's terrible. He spends six hours in. <laughs> up just getting his hair ready for the stream because you know it, it's important to him and and he values that and so that, that, that's you but know he'd never admit it he'd never admit it he'd never show you the pre he i think he has a, a separate like hair channel where he just does it's a hair stream on on twitch that he tutorials made. tutorials <laughs> and just guides <laughs> <laughs> You can take me out now if you want. Okay, thanks. All <laughs> right. Thanks for calling in, Lisa. Thank you. Can take right. more callers. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm really jealous should... I've got I've got none. There's just nothing there anymore. All just going so away. for for people who are just joining us, uh, we're <laughs> taking calls to either either go through an SE session with us, or if you have questions about SE, or you just want to complain like the Reddit has been doing lately, we can uh, we can talk about any of this stuff. Has Reddit been complaining? People have got hot takes on Reddit. What is this? Been, what been, <laughs> for some reason, this last week has been a lot of posts like, I'm quitting SE because all they do is talk about Christianity. Oh, really? wow. Okay, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm saying a lot. There's probably been like five <laughs> posts in the last week total, but you know. A torrent of to of toad. <laughs> Deluge. I I can't. Who's I? Who's been talking about Christianity? Um. Yeah, I, I can't, <laughs> can't think of anyone. Yeah, no, I think I think. To, okay, so to be fair, to give credit to this idea, right? If and I think Reed did this earlier here. If you pull up um, Anthony Magnavasco's YouTube channel, right? Ninety right. over ninety percent of them are about religion. So yeah. he's, but you know, there's there's a there's a there's a there's a component here of him standing in a public space in America, in Texas, right? He's yes, asking, yes, yes. Asking people to to talk about a belief that they have, like, especially it, a deeply it, held one, a, a deeply held belief. Is it is yeah. it surprising? So is it SE that's creating all of these religious uh, topics, conversations, claims, or is it is it Texas that's causing these, yeah. <laughs> generating these claims? Um, 
I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's Texas. I mean, I, I think if you go to anybody and you say, do you have a deeply held belief? Either you'll get someone who says, yes, I believe in, in a God, or you'll get someone who says, no, I'm not religious. Like, I'm, I'm really open to, 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 to Diamond's question here is like, is there a way we can invite somebody to explore a claim with us, give them every context that we need to so that they understand what we mean by a claim without... Yeah. And I think the word belief there is even charged, right? It if really you say is, belief, yeah. it implies almost for, yeah. for many people supernatural. Yeah. Something with which you think is true about the world. I like that one better, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've tried so I, I've gotten a lot of people from Facebook and I, I try to give examples like Reed does. I think that that works pretty well too. Yeah. But there's so many more beliefs that we have that we don't talk about, right? Like, you know, I believe my parents are in their house right now. You know, that yeah. sort of just What's your very confidence? parochial. <laughs> yeah, right. You could totally <laughs> SE just that. Sure. And yeah. you, you, Chucky, you mentioned earlier that you felt like that might be just a waste of time to do these. I used to of, think. I used to okay, think. Okay. Yeah. So not so I much. I don't anymore. anymore. No. I in fact I think that there's real value especially if you're talking to someone, because I think a lot of people have these barriers, right? I don't want to talk about any anything. I think there's value in going through the exercise with them about something that you both agree on that's super neutral. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like you say, that your parents are in their house. I, Anthony has one. It's like half a conversation, but he starts with, how confident are you that your mother is your mother? That's that's great. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are your reasons for believing that? Yeah. Oh, but right. I mean, and there are if reasons wrong. That's going to go really wrong. <laughs> In any case, but, that, but there but there are legitimate reasons. And, and maybe that's that's one thing that we should be doing more, maybe is suggesting like hyper neutral yeah. claims, because like that takes the heat out of it. But really, if the important thing is to introduce the idea of reducing confidence where we don't have good reasons to be confident right so so i i think in this moment like diamond would acknowledge like he doesn't really have great reasons to believe that his parents are in their home right now like he's it, largely i would imagine this is based on an expectation of where they normally are right like th there's a historical record so maybe that's pretty good evidence that's probably supporting but in terms of like if you were to say look, you know, you, your life's on the line. Are your parents at home or not? You probably would err on the side of yes, but you'd be like pretty nervous still, right? It would be, it, would, sure. it wouldn't be a surefire thing. And like, I think, I think even you might say even just a sort of purely academic in that context, exploration of the reasons why, why he was confident, I think still has value and takes the heat of this away completely. And maybe the tic-tac test, for example, you know, that, you know, is it odd or even? How do we know? What do we know? You know, those kinds of things are kind of yeah. useful, but maybe we could find something that's more of a claim about the world. So, so Nathan uh, was on the show last week and has talked about this a couple of times, but like there's this <laughs> idea you hear when you talk to people who are religious and they say, I, I have faith, just like you have faith that your wife loves you. And I feel like, I feel like this is a fantastic claim to see. <laughs> does, does your wife love you? Or your spouse or your husband. Such dangerous because, <laughs> Oh, but I, I I think this is such a fantastic question because there is real objective evidence for this. I mean, there should be, right? If there's not, oh. like you say, then you're in trouble. But but like 
you know, the way that they put their hand on your shoulder when you feel down, the, the, yeah, yeah. the, the thing that they say in the morning to wake you up, you know, like these things are evidence. Tim mentioned as a good line on this, he said, uh, love without evidence is stalking. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw we had a question in chat from Retrovo. Do any of you have claims that you won't explore or are not interested in exploring? Ooh, I don't think so. I, I don't think it's the claim that would make me not want to explore it. I think it's the disposition of the individual making the claim that would make me pause and hesitate. So I, I don't think there's a particular claim that I wouldn't explore. At least I'm, I'm not aware of one. Um, but it, I think any claim made a certain way, an, an, an individual, for example, could behave a certain way that would make me not want to explore almost any claim. Like, you know, the, the, it's more in the nature of the person asking. But I don't think there's anything intellectually I wouldn't explore. How about you, chaps? Yeah, most descriptive claims, most normative claims, some subset of normative, like merely preferential, like I really like chocolate better than vanilla. Like, I don't really care to talk to you about that unless you're making a claim that all stores should stock a specific flavor of ice cream because I like it. Right? <laughs> That's more white chocolate should be outlawed yeah mm -hmm. i do think that the venue matters so i wouldn't necessarily explore all claims publicly and i wouldn't necessarily right. post all yeah. claims. but yeah. certainly engaging in the conversation um you know if i if i feel interested and uh have the time then yeah i don't i don't restrict it that way it could certainly make a disingenuous claim that you know that I mean wouldn't clear, clearly not really that you know but just being silly for example not not really making a, an actual claim and and one of the things is you know that what what are the characteristics of a of a of a good claim to explore and I think that's that's kind of the same question in a different way right and like I think the characteristics of a good claim that we try to tease out are something that's important to somebody some so and and I think one of the framings I've used here is that they would act differently in the world if that claim was to be if the, if their if their claim was to be uh, changed or you know whether it's true or false if it was would would matter to them it, they would act differently as a result of it being different and i think that's a good indicator of a, a claim that's worth exploring for sure yeah um digital gnosis says this is where i think se can be criticized there's an assumption that most beliefs should be held for reasons are those reasons held for reasons and so on we have a lot of irrational hinges i I'm not really sure. Like, certainly there are things, but are there a lot of things? I'm not so sure about that. Sorry, can you bring that back up again? I was just rereading it for like the second time. This is where I think SE can be criticized. There's a lot of assumptions that most beliefs should be held for reasons. And I think he's defined reasons as like conscious reasons, rational reasons, not mere like, you know, mm. physiological things happening unconsciously. Right. I think, I think where I agree with that is that I think we all hold a lot of beliefs that we have not yet examined. Maybe that's sure. I I would say it's you can hold a belief on on just faith if you like, but it would be better to hold a belief on evidence. And I and I think like it would be better to hold a belief that was really impactful on your life on better evidence right so one of the i like that there's the sagan standard extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence but but i i like to think in the context of se there's like an impact vertices here vertex here where 
like an an extraordinary claim that 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 has very little evidence that impacts you not at all is kind of not really that significant in the SE space, right? I mean, you're welcome to believe that there's a pink u- a unicorn behind you at the moment, and and you know, <laughs> and if it doesn't, and it's invisible also, by the way, um, and 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 you could you could test the claim that there's an invisible pink unicorn behind you. But it really, if it doesn't impact your life on a day-to-day basis, does it really matter? But there are claims that really do impact people's lives, that really do have a significant you know, effect on people, and that they, they will make choices in their life that not only impact them, but those around them and, and other people in the world that, that essentially are really important that they get right. And if they're holding those kinds of claims on bad evidence, then I think that's, that's something that's really useful to SE. And... I'd say if digital gnosis, if you want to come on and explore the idea for oh, yeah, yeah. by all means. Um, one thing I'm wondering about is he's saying that SE is making an assumption about that these beliefs should be held for reasons. So how do we know that SE or or the SE practitioner is making these assumptions? Just is it because they're asking questions? Um, but what does it mean to hold a belief without a reason? Like, I mean, even, even, you know, somebody who is in, in a religious context, for example, who may believe a particular God exists and is true, there's a reason why they believe that. Like the question is, but if it's unexamined, they're not aware of the reason. I think that's the idea. Well, it's certainly examined, right? I mean, so, so, I mean, I don't think anybody has a belief that is entirely ex nihilo, right? It doesn't just appear in their mind. And and, again, it, it doesn't. And yet they're still not aware of the reason. So like like, for example, go back 20 years before the flat Earth thing was a thing. Most of us believed in a round Earth, and yet we had never sat down and thought, why do I believe in a round Earth? Now, if we, if we had been asked, right, then we'd go, hmm, well, I've read it in a book in second grade, and I've seen pictures of the Earth, but they've never thought about it. Sure. So they weren't aware of their reasons. But there were reasons, right? There were there reasons. There were reasons, yeah. Right, and that's yeah. that's kind of my point. We're, we're, we're arbitrating between the quality of the reasons. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Welcome. Hey, I've been bullied into coming in by the chat. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, that was a good question. <laughs> now we're having a fight. <laughs> so do you want to help us, you want to help us uh, unpack what your claim was, Nathan? Yeah, so I suppose where it... Where it comes from is that um, suppose some in the methodology of SE, suppose someone makes a claim, um, and then after establishing someone's confidence level in that claim, the next question is, well, what's the main reason that you believe that claim, right? Um, and so, so suppose someone does provide, you know, sort of adequate reasons, whatever they might be, in favor of that. But then there's going to be this further question about, like, well why do you think, you know, why do you believe those reasons, right, which inferentially justify the claim that you made? And then there's going to be that question for those reasons that they hold. And all of these things are going to, I mean, they could go on for, for in, this is like the classical trilemma. Uh, turtles on turtles. Yeah. yeah, they could go on like infinitely. They Maybe they could be like circularly justified or they could, they could be like foundational in some sense, right? Um, now, my point of view is basically just to say that somewhere... So if we actually like suppose we explored someone's entire web of things that they believe there's just going to be like these random sort of stopping points in places that aren't necessarily like it, i i think it would be wrong to say that they're like irrational 
but I think that they're also not like rationally justified. Like maybe something like someone believing that their mother is their mother is a claim like that, where like it's just not really believed as the upshot of like assessing evidence or something, but it's just this belief that's like held because they were socialized so, into it or whatever. I, 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 I like this. Said, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Jake. If you had said, you know, the belief that we're not living in a simulation, I'd see where you were coming from because what evidence do we have of that? But, but I have tons of evidence that my mother is my mother. I mean, yeah. she I, well, I'm not saying you was have there when I was a child, right? Huh? I, so, so the claim isn't that you could for some of these what I'm calling hinge commitments. The claim isn't that um, for all of them you couldn't, in principle, um, have evidence. But the claim is that people don't actually believe them as the upshot of evidence, or, or that maybe that um they're not doing something wrong when they believe these sorts of things not as the upshot so so like an example i could ah. give in that case is yeah maybe maybe that's like closer to mm. what where the disagreement <laughs> would be so like i'm i'm adopted for example right um and so i think like for for a period of time in my life i probably believed that you know like my parents were my my parents just right. because that's what i was like socialized into mm -hmm. um and there's obviously evidence that i could like have found but i could also have gone on like living my life forever and and also never found out and it's like right. would i have been doing something wrong in that case or should i like you know it, it, i just That's think that so people important. just have these kind of hinge commitments that, yeah i got you so that that changed for me the moment you said doing something wrong that was a that was huge so so i i I've said this, I've used this example before. Um, if somebody has grown up in like the, the hardcoreist, you know, town in the hardcoreist section of the Bible Belt of America and have been brought up their whole life to to believe, for example, that homosexuality is is abominable, like could not be tolerated, is sinful, is is the spawn of the devil, and that all homosexuals are evil. That person has grown up in that community their whole life. Every parent figure they've ever encountered has reaffirmed that narrative. Every book they've read that they've been allowed to read, every piece of media content they've been exposed to has been carefully either reinforced that narrative and has never undermined that view. And that person, to their knowledge, has never met anybody to counter that view. I don't think that they would be wrong in holding that view necessarily. Like, even though it's a it's a modern day abhorrent idea, I think that at that point in their life, if they've never had any evidence to the contrary, and all they've ever heard from people who they depend on for their truth claims about all kinds of things. So, you know, your parents will tell you, don't stick the fork in the electrical socket, right? And you have to believe them. You can't test that claim. That's not a, the kids that test that claim don't do very well. So we have to believe our parents, right? And so if those same voices, those same positions of authority are reinforcing these other ideas, you would be foolish not to believe them. As a, as a child to grow up to believe these ideas and i definitely wouldn't blame you for holding any idea um but if you come into contact with different evidence and you, you start to see that evidence and then you maintain the idea and that idea therefore is irrational as in response to that evidence then i then i think you're being then then there's a problem and then i will say that you know you're being irrational because there, there's better evidence there there's some evidence that you're having to ignore to maintain this view um, so I, I think that that's when that's what, and, and and most of the time within SE, it's pointing out to people that the framework for coming to knowledge that they normally apply to everything else in their life, they're somehow choosing not to apply to this one special thing. It's not like we're teaching people logic or teaching people to value critical thinking in in an SE conversation. They already do value those things. 
It's just that for some reason, sometimes you can choose not to apply them to every area of your life. And so it's just pointing out, hey, look, based on your own framework of rational, critical thinking, how do you feel about this if you look at it differently, right? And I think that that's what SE is trying to do here. But blaming anybody for believing any of it, I think is, yeah, definitely not what we're here to do. It looks like Peter tested the claim that you, you know, it's, it's a bad thing to put a fork in the, in the, um, yeah, well, I, I also tested that claim. It's, it's safer yeah. in the U S than in Britain. So oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. So we don't have many inquisitive British people because they were taken out of the gene pool. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great claim. It's a great, uh, it's a great, um, comment i think and and it's definitely worth thinking about for sure i think the moment you find yourself you know looking to blame the person or or fight against somebody's view as an a street epistemologist and you've stopped really i think thinking about the epistemology like helping them notice how they got there so yeah, this, but, this rubs oh, sorry, oh no 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 you 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 go ahead i i was going to say but supposing you accept that then would you have to say that if um you know, if someone has like a false belief system, right, but it's consistent with itself, then you'd have to be like, well, that street epistemology sort of bottoms yeah. out at that point, you know, like it can't. So how do we identify what, what a false belief system? How do, how do we identify that? As in, as yeah, in, like so how do you tell the difference? Um, I'm not going to formulate this well. Um, like, but yeah, it would, it would be how do you tell the difference between um, cases then where the questioner is like, it's just that they have a different like set of beliefs, but both both people are consistent, but they just disagree. Like maybe. So, so mostly, I would say belief systems are fundamentally tested against reality, right? Like, if if this belief system helps you navigate reality in uh, effectively, like then then I would say that that's, you know, that 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 belief system or that epistemology is 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 fine, right? But if it comes into conflict with reality, um, yeah. then I'd say there's a problem with it. And, and I think it's, it's interesting that this is rubbing up against something that's like, it's quite deep. And I think people balk a little bit at the idea of epistemology because they say, oh, but you could use that process and be wrong. And yes, that's possible, right? Like it's possible to believe false things for good reasons. But is that often the case, right? Does that happen most of the time? Like, the fact that you believed your parents were your parents, you were wrong for good reasons. But as soon as you found conflicting evidence, did you update your belief? I think that's the question. Is is there anything is there anything in this world that leads you to believe? You know, um, what Will's Will's example earlier about homosexuality. You know, is there anything that conflicts with your belief? I, I think I agree with that, but I, I think then the upshot of that is something that seems a, a bit strange to me, which is like, it, is someone then obligated to come up with like conditions of um, verification for like every single belief that they hold then? Yeah, I wanted to speak to that as well, because, sorry, um, sorry, did I interrupt you? I'm, my apologies. No, <laughs> you didn't. No, you didn't, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so good at that. I I'm, I want to make sure. Um, so what 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 I think is to certainly true is like if you say I love my mum and somebody says, well, you need to prove that claim, and then you say, well, okay, first of all, you need to prove the the uh, existence of external reality, right, as a foundational claim. Otherwise, you can't we can't even begin to start talking about 
this is of course nonsense, right? That, that we, that the idea that, that human beings need to get down to bedrock certainty to, to, to have better or worse reasons for believing in something is, I don't think is true. And, and I think that's largely not true because we don't have bedrock certainty about yeah, anything. There's else. nothing. The, the, no. So maybe this is strong for a lot of people, but there is nothing that I'm at a hundred percent on. Exactly. Same here. And, and so I don't think we are, I don't think we're looking from a bottom-up foundational philosophical position of certainty and then building a case up for why, you know, you might prefer peanut butter over over Marmite, for example, right? Um, and, and, and like, we don't have to do that. We can just, we can just say, okay, well, what is the size of this claim and what is reasonable evidence to help justify that claim? And like, the, you could argue about what the nature of reasonableness is, right? And, and, and certainly there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a discussion there, but we, we could recognize that we might believe something for better or worse reasons in any given moment, right? And somebody, and, and all SE is doing is not saying, look, as a street epistemologist, I know certain truth and I can construct a, I, I can point out that your argument is going to be based on some assumption somewhere in your, in your epistemological chain, because everybody's is. So it's not really about trying to go, aha, but now you can't prove this, you know, this step in the ladder and therefore your case falls. That's, that's right. you may have been deluded in thinking your mother exists at all. Right. Exactly. Right. What makes you think you exist? you've only seen her? How can you trust your eyes? Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, this is, this is clearly would be unhelpful. And in fact, it's not what we, we would do as human beings, I think. Right. So we, we're just trying to look at the sort of surrounding epistemology and say, look, you know, why did you come to this belief and how did you get here? And it's not us evaluating. And this is another point. We're not, we're not judging your epistemology. We're not criticizing it. We're not even saying whether it's right or wrong. I think the purpose of street epistemology is specifically designed not to do that. It's designed to just encourage you to look at it. And for you to think, do I think this is good or bad, actually? Now that this has been pointed out to me, am I actually comfortable believing it on this evidence? Or maybe I need to go and ask some more questions, or maybe I should be more confident in, in what I believe, because, yeah, it turns out I wasn't so sure, but actually it turns out I've got really good reasons to be in this position. Um, so, yeah, I think those are interesting points for sure. Yeah, we don't have infinite time to yeah, falsify all of our beliefs. Oh, sorry, so, I thought you meant in the stream, sorry. No, like in, <laughs> in our like, life. <laughs> I think we'd be more rational if we attempted to falsify everything we believe and just failed to falsify it. But, you know, so, but, you know, I leave my questions deliberately directed to the most important beliefs that people have because those yeah. are the most important ones to, to question, to actually have rational reasons for. And I suppose, uh, just in going through the motion of questioning even these trivial beliefs, like, you know, I'm reaching for my coffee cup and, you know, I will feel it when I reach out. Um, just going through that practice of investigating that epistemology will hopefully make you better at evaluating your epistemology for other beliefs and maybe more fundamental things that, that do impact other people and how you live in the world. Um, I feel like it's a real yeah. gift when someone comes to me and says, hey, you know that thing that you believed, you always believed coffee cups were solid. And I'm like, yeah, of course they're solid because they feel solid. And they go, oh, well actually things are mostly empty space. Here's some evidence for it. Like that's a real gift to be, to be in a position where something that you held as so fundamentally true is challenged. And then to like go through that process and say, maybe the things that I, I'm certain about I'm wrong about. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's not about certainty and it's not about getting all of knowledge. It's, it's wanting to be as close to true as possible. It's wanting to have the best mental model that maps to reality as best as it can get. And, and I think it's also about taking as few assumptions as, as, as possible. So one of the things like we talked about a moment ago, it just made me think about this idea of what makes for a better or worse worldview. Well, having to make a fewer number of assumptions and it's still all you know working out, I think would be a good indicator. I mean, the, the perfect worldview would take zero assumptions and be entirely provable from base principles. But I, I just don't think that's an, a, a move that's available to anybody. Although people do claim it and those people should be edged away from in the bus seat. You shouldn't sit too close to these people. Arms length sort of thing. Yeah, so thanks, Nathan. Any other comments, questions? Yeah, no uh, problem. Thanks for your answers, guys. Um, I, I'm not uh, asking this, by the way, from the perspective of like trying to undermine street epistemology as well. Um, like, I think it's a good tool and it's really helpful and useful. But I do have like some questions about like the boundaries or, 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 or scope of it stuff. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's very true. We, we all do. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, nice guy. Next up, Mark. What's oh, up? we just oh, had hey. a call. Did we not yes, get a Welcome. <laughs> we were on a roll and now we've ruined it's it. Riff Raff. <laughs> Who's that woman? <laughs> oh, guys, I just want to tell you, I, mean, I really love this new format. This is so good. Just seeing from an outsider, just people popping in and out and just with claims and questions about SE and uh, its utility and just, just, it really clarifies some things. It's even clarifies some things here. You guys talk about it, so it's cool. I like it. That's cool. Thanks, Mark. Is this the, uh, the famous porch that's in your videos? Or um, anything else? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it's my porch. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice day. I'm sitting outside. Some Listening to some birds. Yeah, yeah. Right before, uh, we, I live in... Uh, right between Durham and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So it's uh, getting a little crazy around here because of Final Four tonight. So, yeah. Final Four? Uh, yeah, basketball. you would not know probably what we're... Yes, basketball. Sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Basketball, which you guys call something call else. Basketball. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Yeah. All right. What's your it's claim like, that... American football should be called football. Does anybody want to hold that claim? Because that is a nonsense claim. It, there's no feet involved. It's explicitly... That's a little direct messaging there. Like, like, I just... Yes. <laughs> Rugby should be called right. <laughs> so. Well, that's it, guys. I just wanted to say hi. Hey, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Thanks for Mark. dropping by. Suck it. What is suck all right, um, so we've got about 25 minutes left of the show. We'd love to get one or two more callers in real quick. Feel free to call. Yeah, up. if anybody wants to call. I, I have a question for you for you all. Uh, going back to this thing we were just talking about, right? Like for me personally, it's a gift when someone says, hey, a coffee cup is full of empty space. Is that is that something that you agree with or are you annoyed by it when people challenge? Oh no! These are, these are like mind expanders, right? They just make you. They help you see the world slightly different. And and like and here's the interesting thing is like they don't always necessarily have to be capital T true, right? They could just be a different mental model for looking at something, right? The assertion of truth isn't necessarily as important as as hey, here's a here's a, here's a here's a framework for looking at the world differently, right? And sometimes that doesn't have to necessarily to be 
necessarily be true to be interesting. Like here's a way of thinking about this, right? Um, an example of that might be string theory, for example. String theory was ne never proven and has been more or less soundly disproven, but it was an interesting way of exploring the problem at one point, right? It was a, it was a mental model to help us explain this phenomenon that we were seeing. Um, Diamond's a physicist. Uh, what, what do you think about I think you're picking one that's that's really easy to agree that that's great and mind expanding. But I think that there could absolutely be truths about the world that you would kind of regret finding mm -hmm. out about. Right. There could be oh. awful things right. that you your, learn. your brother comes to you and oh, convinces you, you that you're don't. That your mother is not your mother, yeah. Right. So is that a gift yeah. for you? I think I think personally that would be a gift. <laughs> but just because my mother is my mother. <laughs> um, but I think I think unless it was like, you know, surprise, you're actually being tortured and you didn't realize it. Like, I think it would have to be something crazy like that because any any time I'm shown to be wrong, I feel like it's whoa, that's so cool. How did I get to this place? The world is more interesting, more different than I thought. I, I love it. I, I don't know. Can you give a specific so example? It turns out you have cancer. I'm sorry, mm. you have one month left to live. I think, I think I still would. So this is not maybe as exciting to find out. But I would yeah, much so rather. Cool. I'm so interested in. <laughs> wow! Like, what, what are the reasons you have for saying that? Oh, this. But I, I would much rather know than not, because I wouldn't be able to act towards my values as effectively not knowing. This is kind of related to that dying general uh, thought experiment that I mentioned in the SE review show that we did recently, and I've been looking, trying to find where this this experiment came from and i cannot find it anywhere like i know i didn't invent this thought experiment yeah, 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 with yeah. the dying general and that the guy comes yeah. up to him and says you know we we did he asks if they won the battle and they lost the battle but the general knows that the, the lieutenant knows the general is going to die in the next few moments anyway so why not just lie and say hey you know we we succeeded would you want to know as the general and would you tell the general as the lieutenant is the question um, I'm sure this is an old chestnut, but I really Googled the hell out of it the other day and I couldn't find anything. Um, it, it's something, it made me think maybe an easier version of this is your religious father is on his deathbed and he asks you, have you converted to Christianity yet? Maybe that's a more concise version. Or ask you to pray. It, it's interesting, yeah. Like, so, so, the, so would you, asking you to pray is an interesting one. <laughs> I don't know if I think I, would... I, I think I might pray, but I also would say no, I haven't converted. Here's the interesting thing about being asked to pray: is like if you do not believe it's true, you should know that there's no consequence to it to you praying, except for betraying your own personal integrity. And and then what value is that in comparison to the person dying? Although I just feel like I couldn't, I wouldn't bring be able to bring myself to pray. I don't think um, for somebody in that situation, which might make me evil. Uh, or an angry atheist or something, but I would struggle. Would anybody else be okay with that? So quick, quick poll, what, what would you three do? And maybe we yeah. could ask that. Would yeah. you tell your dying parent that you're actually not religious? Or would you, and would you pray for them if they asked you to and you didn't believe that? I, that's that's the one that I struggle with. I definitely would. What, what would you do, Diamond? You seem like a bleeding heart. <laughs> for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how the question is asked, um, you know, and if, if they want to really know the answer. Um, I definitely would avoid straight up lying, I think. Um, but maybe dodging a little bit could be appropriate. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I feel like I, I need to know more. Specifics. So, so they, they ask you straight up and you, you know that they, you know what they want you to say. Here, and, yeah. and that you know right. that any dodging is going to make them feel like you definitely, definitely yeah. do. They, they say, they say, Diamond, look, I'm dying. Right. I need to know that you're going to be there in heaven with me. Have right. you converted? And you go, oh, it's interesting weather we're having. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no. So I would, I would not in that situation. I wouldn't say that I converted. No. I wouldn't either. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would say, you know, something to the effect of, you know, feel free to pray for my conversion. Or something like that, you know. If that, that <laughs> feel free, feel um, free to play. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Fifty-fifty so far. That's wow. great. Oh. That's great. Oh, swinging back again. Oh, no. interestingly, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting how contentious this is. I've talked to people who believe that you should absolutely lie because you're you're doing them a harm to tell them the truth. I don't remember that example. Hmm. Mm. Well, I don't remember that example either. I, I think this I is in Sam Harris's book too. Lying. It feels like a moral. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, lying definitely. I I just don't think I could. I I just I I feel like I feel like mm, I would rather avoid answering. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I, just, I, I The thing here's the thing is intellectually, I don't believe there would be any negative consequence to me lying in that moment right it would all be upside the person would be briefly feel better and then pass mm. away i don't believe in an afterlife and i don't believe in a god or or anything so you know there's there's no repercussions other than the person is temporarily made to feel slightly better right right and to, to steel man that position like what it seems so selfish to yeah tell the truth it would be yeah right but I, I still don't think I could do it, and I and I I would have to reflect on why I don't think I could do it. I think it probably is just selfishness. I would say. But it, it, I guess I guess okay to 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 anti steel man myself. Like maybe it's not selfishness. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's an maybe it's an appeal to a shared value of truth, right? Like if you think the other person values truth. But but even then, like even if I don't think they value truth, I do. So I guess it is selfish. <laughs> but is it not also respecting them? I mean, if I thought nothing of them, I think I could lie more easily. Like if I didn't care about them, didn't know them very well, and they asked me very quickly, you know, I I think I would maybe find it. I don't know if I still would say it, but I I, I feel like if I didn't care about the person, um, I think I could probably be more inclined to say that I did believe in yeah, sure, whatever you <laughs> yeah. I think it's much easier to lie to someone you don't care about. At least that's how I find it. Oscar Wilde once said, uh, "It's all. It, it's much easier to be charming uh, to someone for whom one cares nothing." <laughs> and I think that's uh, as right, always exactly. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. did Oscar Wilde actually say that? 
I'm so skeptical <laughs> of every quote. Of every quote, yeah. Well, if you if you if if you if you read uh, any of his plays, you'll know that he bangs them out at a terrifying rate. Like the number of things that he actually has said in his plays is just ridiculous. Uh, All right. So so how about uh, does anyone want to come on and talk with uh, Reader Will? <laughs> Reader will mm -hmm. about their to make a claim. Yeah, that's about that's going to get people excited. That's not. I maybe read about their belief that maybe it's immoral or moral to to tell the truth, to lie, to this this kind of thing. So it seems to be a lot of opinions. Moral claims are always such muddy territory. That's the fun ones, though. They are the fun ones. <laughs> well, we can. I mean. Um, Par what you, what, what? Parisia says that there's an objective morality, so there could, should be objective claims. Could I ask you, chaps, what do you think morality is? <laughs> What's your definition? Right. Is that what you're asking us? I, I'm asking. Well, you could make it as a definitional answer if you like, but like, what, how would you how would you answer that question? What is morality? Moving away from the worst possible misery for everyone navigating that reality but why is that why is that that's the definition of bad the, the worst possible misery for everybody so that's the moral landscape from sam harris right so that that's certainly an interesting idea but i don't know if it really explains what morality is yeah i i'm not so interested in this definitional kinds of discussions like like for me it's I run up, I run against this sometimes, and I think this actually goes back to the moral landscape as well. It's like if you make a claim and you say this is what it means to be healthy, it's really prefixed on this idea that if you want to lead a long life, this is what you do to extend your life, right? And so I think it's the same with morality. Like if you want to blank maximize well-being or minimize misery or increase uh, average well-being or whatever. If you want to blank, then you do blank. Yeah, that's quite close to what I would say. I, I think moral morality is 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 when we make a claim with hidden assertions. That, that's what I think morality is. I think it's, it's a claim like any other, but we just don't put the assertions on right. the table. And the reason we don't put the assertions on the table is that we feel it's much easier to get agreement that X is bad if we don't have to explain why we think X is bad. It's the utility of a moral claim is that essentially it galvanizes a response without having to justify the prepositions. I think that's a little dark. I feel like it's, I think it's really because... It say not true, though. <laughs> well, I think there may be some truth to it, but I think that you can also consider, it's just that most people agree on what's moral. I mean... Yes, but most people do that. But when, you unpack, assumption. but when you unpack why do they all agree, they may disagree about the why. Exactly, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Power, I just don't think they're doing it consciously. The power. Well, I I sort of feel it's a it's a it's a socially acceptable way of of galvanizing or motivating action. Essentially, we say X is wrong if we can just all agree that the conclusion is correct, i.e., X is wrong. Then we don't have to then unpack the underlying claims. But I think when mo people make a moral claim, it's a it's a claim like any other. It's just that those assertions are not present, and they and importantly, they may become unapparent to the person making the claim they might have just learned the conclusion x is wrong why yes. 
Well, just because X is wrong. That's what I've learned, right? So, but but it is essentially, in essence, a claim to truth. And and it would go something like, you know, I value something, and this I believe will lead to that thing, and therefore this is a good thing. Living in a society where I would be okay playing any role, for example. That's what that's maybe a definition of a good society or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And and like so, so now we've tied it to values, right? The, 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 yes. They, but, and, but, here, but see, this is the thing. This is the thing about this argument. And, it, and it, I always recoil when it gets close to philosophy because it's like someone, and maybe Nathan sort of made this point, like you can immediately go, but what is your evidence that this is a good value? And the solution in my head, in my life, is just to say, well, yeah, we can keep doing this until we agree, right? Like, the reason why I want to live in a society where I could play any role isn't just because it's a fact. It's because I want to be happy and I want fairness. And then why is fairness important? Okay, let me try it again. Uh, and, right, and you just keep doing it. And at some point yeah. you agree and you stop and you have a coffee, right? Like, I think that's yeah. probably true. But, but uh, sorry, go ahead, Reed. And the, I like the, the test, like the, test you can do with children to kind of help them understand what the concept of fairness is like you give them a piece of pie or something oh you yeah know, like hey okay you get to keep as much as as you like split it you have to split it into a certain amount to share it with someone so right. what should be the amount that you split it right you and cut it, i'll choose you cut yeah you cut I'll, yeah 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 and you can do that conceptually as well with like you know john rawls that experiments and all that yeah. So, so I think that that kind of gets to what I was going to suggest, which is that I think that values are derived from self-interest, and I think that I think that selfishness is the underlying value, and that we extrapolate from that self-interest, we extrapolate other value structures. Um, I, I, I mean, I agree. And then, and then, on the back of those values, we make moral claims, which are essentially hidden assertion claims. That sounds like a claim you could SE. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love to do that. Would you, does anyone ask you? <laughs> well, you, you and Reed still haven't done SE, so maybe you should do it on each other. There you go. Oh, man, so, that would be exhausting. In the last 10 minutes of the show, that would be <laughs> a <laughs> save, save that for next week. Um, yeah, our, speaking of next week, can I just check in? Is There were some questions as to what the format is. Is this going to be regular time slotter we're still working that out right i'm i'd like it to be regular i think this is a good time slot it's it's right in between the discord practice sessions so i like it yeah yeah i think that's the plan is to to be here so so that you guys if you think of a question during the week you can write it down and then throw it at us for over 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 chat uh, same yeah. same at time same bat channel that's a that's a that's a deep cut <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we've got ten minutes left. Uh, does anybody want to come on with a with a claim or a question or a challenge or a complaint? Any hair tip advice from Reed? Yeah, got that. <laughs> it's all about uh, the hair dryer first. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there product involved? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. got to be product, product involved. No, that's not. That's just. 
that's just den denial of physics right there. If you say there's no products involved, <laughs> I don't know. I used to I used to blow dry my hair back when it was short, and it kind of stands up when you do that without any any sort of product. Yeah, doesn't yeah. look like there's a lot of product in there. It does look quite clean. It's nice. It's, it's a good look, definitely. Yeah, just hair and V over here. That's all it is. Just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's been a lot of stuff in chat. A lot of people having conversations and making claims and uh, they have no challenging claims. <laughs> yeah. Any hot takes? Uh, how's the cat situation? I think we've lost the cat, which is we've not... lost the cat. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, he's cats. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Just he's, he's, he's hidden that nebula again. Yeah. I mean, that's right. I, I, that's a I, galaxy, I, but. Yeah, I did not ask you, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let that go. Oh, God. Oh, that is my favorite. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I did, I'm sort of ambivalent as to whether Diamond should come back next week, but can we book the cat now to make sure he's available? Because I, mean, <laughs> I can imagine you know, just Diamond rushing home and saying, I've got to just set the camera up for the cat. They're not so bothered about me. I just need to get the this cat. The cat was actually the subject of an SE claim last week. So. Oh, really? Uh, what yeah, my, I made a claim during uh, during the afternoon session that uh, cats should be indoors, but my cat is an exception. So, <laughs> so I was claiming that that he gets to be an exception because uh, essentially he gets very unhappy if he doesn't get out like for an hour during the day. Um, and I did this session with Gigi, and uh, it ended up being. Great, because one of the things that I kind of concluded from it was that uh, we shouldn't put it on a binary. <laughs> it's it's not just indoor cat or outdoor cat. Mm -hmm. Like the more you have a cat outdoor, I think the worse it is for the cat and society. And so if you can limit it, um, but you have to balance that with their happiness. Non-binary cats. This is this is where we're yes, at. I have a non-binary. was cat. way ahead of you. Oh my God, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's flying through space. I yeah. thought so too. Is it? Is it not yeah. flying through space? I assumed it was. It's oh, not a nebula. Apparently, it's a galaxy. <laughs> 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 and that is a continuous spectra on the cat. Just FYI. <laughs> awesome! Awesome! Uh, well, this has been fun, guys. I've enjoyed it. It's yeah. um, yeah, it, it's. Silly and interesting in, in in roughly the right measure. I think it's good. <laughs> I've got a, I've got the same the same old call to action that I always have. Like if you were here for our conversation with Lisa, you, and you saw us examining the claim about Lisa should go back to college, like SE isn't pie in the sky. I'm talking about religion, talking about ethics. It can be talking about should I go back to college or not. And so. Yeah, every right. person, every person watching, just go have a conversation with your roommate or your yeah. sibling. Then come back next week and tell us all about it. Did you go? Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's funny, isn't it? Like even the even the process of thinking about what claims could I make suddenly makes you think. You don't intuitively feel like you are making claims often, right? You don't right. notice that almost every day you actually are doing things that are based on assumptions uh, or assertions about the world that you're essentially claiming a truth. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're not really all that justified in believing. So, Whenever practice. I ask somebody to, to talk about a belief, they say, I have no beliefs. 
And, right. and digital Nessus has a great example. Like, who should do the dishes? <laughs> like, it's such a... So like, what is the nature of that question, though? Because is that, is that like, in order to optimize for my own personal well-being, <laughs> who should do the dishes? But, but in some sense, this is exactly what needs to be discussed, right? Like, you need to figure out what are our values? What, are, what is our, you know, agreement? Do we have an agreement? Yeah, what evidence do you have that I haven't done it in the last three weeks? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's clearly I, I think important it's... enough that you should <laughs> investigate it, right? Because <laughs> yeah, that yeah. could be right. uh, relationship ending right there. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. These one. things matter to relationships and they should be discussed. Hmm. I feel like Reed was going to say something. And I, hope no, I, I was just looking at why the super chats function was working and now i figured out oh i gotta fix something with adsense but that's something cool we can do we super chats. Up in this. we can start making money on these things i just imagine how many is all our chats are super that's what i'm claiming so i love you chat don't listen to this all monetizing your contributions i think you're all lovely some chats are more super <laughs> some chats are more super. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, awesome. thanks everyone. We'll be back next week. Appreciate it. Take care all. Bye-bye. Right. See ya. <laughs> the Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here, or not expressed here, do not necessarily represent those of the organization.